0: So how's your day been? Oh, ho- hold on. Gotta message your ladies? Is that what you're doing right now? You're messaging what? all the all the married women? and birth. There's a uh, there's a uh, wife support group that Blake Tanner leads. And it just ends each session. like. And ladies, if you have any issues, just feel free to message me any time of the day. And I'll take Stop. care That's of you. That's how real life is working right now, so I can't <laughs> deal with you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time, it's time, it's time for a load. And I'm talking about a load, a load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about he, the B, to the L-A-K-E-S, Blake Tanner. That's me, that's me, that's me. I am the B. Welcome, everybody. And, of course... My fantastic little co-host, the S, Scotty Moore. I just didn't have anything today. I just, just... well, I mean, I'll let everybody at home know I've had 30 to 40 pizzas in the past month, and Blake Tanner knows nothing about pizza production. Hold on, I need to get a bottle of water out (laughs) and just oil myself to really replicate the good, good Papa John video. God, I was so... Fucking busy today at work. Like, yeah. I took an entire week off. And I I told everybody. In, just, wait, in response to that video? <laughs> there was just so many calls? No, I, I just like, just call me if there's a problem. I could probably, I could usually talk you through it. If not, it's fine. Nobody called me, so I didn't I thought, okay, everything's fine, not a big deal, nobody's having any issues. It's gonna be one of those weeks where I come in, and I can actually get shit done that I wanna do. Yeah. Nope. From the moment I sat my ass in my chair, literally somebody called me mm-hmm. from fifteen feet across the office. <laughs> and and what they said to you, they you pick up the phone and you hear Like, like, um, my computer set on fire. My computer's ingested thirty to forty hard drives in the past month, and it's really fucking me on this, bud. Well, that's that's the that's the weirdest thing. I'm like, oh my god, did it just catch on fire? It's like, "Mm." (laughs) oh no, no, bud. This happened on Monday. I just didn't want to bother you. I'm really sorry. All forty on Monday. It, 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 it was that. It was that all fucking day. The next nine hours of my life, because I don't know that I took a lunch today, was just like, hey, by the way, something's fucked up. Yeah. By well, the way, some, some, something happened. Well, that's fun. That's fun little story you have. I got shit on. But, by, by like, Bert? I got shit on, Blake. You You have a baby, though. Where do you think this shit came from? I wasn't walking around a bunch of maniacal shit animals <laughs> who are just shitting up everywhere. No, the baby shit on me. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like the one number one rule. The first thing that they should have told you in baby class is you go and get shit on you. No, this wasn't a. Oh, I'm just gonna change your diaper and oopsie poopsie. Here comes the doo doo. No, this was a. We're rocking back and forth in the chair, and she starts kind of just getting getting the eh, that noise, and I'm like, Oh, this isn't gonna be good. Let's just prep, because she'll start fussing, and then I'll have to change her. And then the smell hit, and I oh. go, This is a bad one. This is already this is a bad thing that she's done to me. And I pick her up. I am in my mom's recliner. And just out the side of her diaper, she curved the fucking bullet out of the diaper and down my pants, down my mom's recliner, pick her up, more's coming out onto the floor... I go change her, wipe the shit from my pants, now I look to my left, there's shit just everywhere, and I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> it got on like a razor, it got on the countertop, it got on a towel that was nowhere near her. There's just shit everywhere, Blake. It's like is it like that scene in Dumb and Dumber 2? Yes there's just shit everywhere yes and so <laughs> keep in mind this is my one pair of work pants because i had a cool pair of red work pants and those the the button busted on them one day i was try i was excited i was getting home had to piss tried to rip them off quick Uh Uh-uh, button popped. So those are done. So this is the only pair of work pants I own. So I go, oh no, oh no, oh no. I run into the uh, laundry room. Everything's full. Dryer's full, washer's full. I have shitty towels and pants in my hands. And I just go... I'm just going to leave this to be my mom's issue in a couple days. Yeet. And I, I thought you were going to like just say, it. and that's when I jumped in the washer. <laughs> no, 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 And then that's what I looked at. I said, Oh, those gray. I do have that pair of gray pants only to find out that there is a perfect. I don't know from what a perfect triangular cut across the thigh. So if anyone was curious, what me undies I was wearing today, they could find it pretty easily. Just look inside the secret Scotty peephole, and you could see the gingerbread pattern. And you know I was, what? I like to think that that's just a special little secret that you keep. <laughs> my little special secret, and I was fine with it. Went to work, had a fine day at work where I ate a lot of Godiva chocolate because it all expired, meaning I got to be a fat boy today and just eat a bunch of chocolate. And then the end of the day came and this guy who I knew in high school and me and him talk intermittently now, like barely, because he's one of those people that's funny, but in a weird fucking way where a joke happens and it takes you a minute to realize it's a joke. I'm walking in front well, wait, of him. Wait, I don't understand. You, you hang out with me all the time and <laughs> Well, I'm walking in front of him, and then he just casually goes, Hey man, you know the tailor can just tailor those pants for free. I'm fucking sorry, bitch. Yeah, but and it's just him Duncan. On my shit, shitty replacement pants. And I'm sitting there like, no, 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 you don't understand. I got dookied on today. This is my dookie replacement pants. (laughs) And he's like, I'm just saying, bud. And I'm trying to get him off the topic of judging me for my pant choice. And he's not having it. He just keeps going hard on the (laughs) shitty pants and the fact that they're not properly tailored. And at one point, he goes, man we've got a real good taylor here and i'm like you know who's a good taylor taylor hicks fuck you i don't give a damn about what you're saying to me right now i i got shit on today you're not allowed to judge me for my pants if i got shit on today but i understand the point you're making but taylor hicks is kind of an asshole (laughs) hold on After I made that joke, no lie, he was like, oh yeah, I saw him in the Nutcracker, he's fantastic. And I'm like, whoa, boy, hold on! I was trying to say fuck you in the dumbest way possible. You can't return the serve with, oh yeah, I did see Taylor Hicks in the Nutcracker, he's the silver-haired fox, I fucking love him. He's kind of an asshole, though. What did Taylor Hicks do? What did he do to you, personally? Um, I just... Because, you know, he is from Birmingham originally... Yeah. He's just kind of an asshole. Like, he'll go into places, and if you don't notice who he is, he's just a super big asshole. (laughs) And, like, dude, you won, like, season four. Yeah. If we ever meet famed american idol idol taylor hicks by the way now i know we have to no sell it we have to no sell taylor hicks we can bring him on the show but it'll the whole time we'll be like we hear you're starting up a music career i bet that'll be really successful for you maybe can you give us a few bars can you actually sing my boy yeah. What do you uh, so? What are you working on now? We, we like to give a platform to young up and coming uh, musicians. So mm-hmm. also, by the way, Gazi in chat does say. So wait, are we going? Are we going to make a movie about Shitty Pants this week? Is this the topic? Because this is a show not about Shitty Pants or Taylor Hicks. It is also. I would love for that. That's his wrestling name, Sh- Shitty Pants Taylor Hicks. Yeah. I do have a little bit of a, I I do need to tell you about my sweet, sweet swag story. Okay, hold on. This is your idea. I'm I'm giving it to you right now. Your idea is going to be based in the next story you tell us, because this is, of course, a brainstorming podcast about trying to make a movie to force us to never have to do a podcast ever again. Okay, this is gonna be a little bit of a ride, so let's see. If anything comes of this, okay I don't know, um, so one of the theaters uh in town um they've been in their performance space for like ten years, and they've uh someone sold the building, so they had to they were getting evicted and um it was real sad they're looking for a new place, but until then, they decided, hey, you know all the shit we've accumulated over the last ten years? We don't want to take it with us <laughs> let's fucking sell it. Okay. And so they had this bitchin' garage sale in the theater. Alright. And, you know, I go in, and I see some fun stuff. I see all of the fucking dolls in the world that are definitely haunted. Okay, Um, so, so there we go. There's the idea right there. It's about a guy who goes to a theater estate sale, buys a bunch of haunted dolls in addition to everything else he buys, and then... In starting his new theater, it's a poltergeist situation. (laughs) (laughs) They did have some other things. I did- I left with an actual director's chair, by the way. I just bought a director's chair. This is the most Blake Tanner move I've ever heard in my entire life, by the way. Like, I was in the back. I was looking through all of- a bunch of- essentially horseshit. Like, um, there was- Costume pieces. There were old pictures. There was just a whole picture of a man's ass. um, Which you bought. Bought definitely up right in front of me so I could look at it while we're doing this podcast. It, it reminds um, you of what you're creating. Exactly. This is just all ass. And I also did find a set of uh lawn flamingos. Plastic lawn flamingos. And... I bought them with the express purpose to leave them in my roommate's bed to see how long it took for him to realize that there were pink flamingos in his bed. Yes. And, um, this sale was on... Tuesday, I think. <laughs> so, we're, we're six days in right now. He finally noticed them today. <laughs> Um, I I get home from work and he's home and he's been back and forth. He's, I don't think he spent more than like one or two nights here. So I understand, but he just comes into the living room and he says, Blake, why are there pink flamingos in my bed? Blake, where are their legs? Where are the legs? (laughs) There's no legs on them. There's no legs on the boys. Like none of, not the metal legs that you stick into the ground. And he was just so concerned that these flamingos didn't have legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did leave with a pink flamingo. How many? Oh, uh, I got two. Okay, that's not that bad. No. um, And also, at the very end of the sale, as I was getting ready to leave, I did just pick up a tennis racket and I was swinging it around because I used to play tennis a little bit. Yeah. And someone, like, one of the, <laughs> one of the board members of the theater is like, Blake, you want to take that? You want to take that racket? I'm like, no, no, I put it down. I did, I did stay for two hours talking to people after that. So intermittently, I would pick this racket up and I'd just be like swishing it around, like mm-hmm. just like serving a ball or something. And then every time, I'm like Blake, just take the fucking racket. So we know how much you actually want it. Okay, so you you stopped the flow of the whole podcast. Mm -hmm. To say, I need to tell this story. And it is a story where you bought a chair, two plastic birds, and a fucking tennis racket. That's the energy you wanted for the show this week. You know, I had to take it in a completely different direction than the shit story, (laughs) because the shit story is a great way to start out a podcast, huh? Hey, welcome to our creativity podcast. Gonna tell you about some shit. It's called a load of BS. I got the BS on my pants today. My yeah, you got the baby shit. It's fine. (laughs) The baby shit. Yeah. Okay. So the story is um, opening of the film. It's a young, hot, entrepreneur theater director. And he walks into an estate sale at an old, abandoned theater. And it's run by... I'm gonna say... This is not the actor I want for this, but he does have a very christopher walken in click vibe or perhaps the old woman who runs the shop in gremlins just that very spooky like hey come sample my wares i have so many from all of these different old shows and as it goes on uh, i'm just gonna write this i did have to look this up it wasn't an old man that ran the shop yeah 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 um but it's as it goes on, this is the B plot of the whole pl- of the whole affair. As it goes on, it's revealed that this creepy director always directed plays where one mysterious death happened each time. Each time he did a play, a mysterious death happened, and the spirits of those dead actors now inhabit his special toys. And each time that he has to, I'm I'm gonna say this theater was only there for maybe two years, and every two years he has to pick up shop and move to the next town to start a new theater. Yeah, and there so- were a lot of civil suits filed. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So he sells all of this these abandoned wares to this young uh, upstart theater guy who wants to start like an improv comedy troupe in a black box. And um, to then now uh- hold on. I do need to bring up the two most cursed items at this theater. Okay, so you're about to set up our two um thingamajigs. <laughs> yes, and those are two identical but different colors clown dolls that are the size of a five to seven year old child. Oh, yes. Oh, fuck, yes. Yes. That do have a story, a history of whenever they're separated ill things befall wherever they inhabit bud bud i don't know if you're making this up or not but this is the story he buys only one of the clown dolls Mm -hmm. that is a real story about that theater by the way they do not separate those clown dolls Yeah, yeah yeah so he only buys one and then there's a scene where, like, the murder director... They're called Chuckles and Annie, thank you, Gazi. The murder director's driving away with whatever he's not sold so far from the estate sale. And then suddenly there is a massive crash... And the car tips over, the man dies, there's blood pouring out. And I don't want it to be anthropomorphic. I don't want it to be a Chucky situation. I just want it to be almost like the dolls can control fate itself. So like... Someone picks up one of the clown dolls from the crash, gets taken to, like, police custody cu- custody or something, and there's just a series of accidents that slowly lead this creepy clown back to its mate. So they have to constantly fight to be with one another again. Exactly. That's yeah. the plot. But they, like I said, not anthropomorphic. They do not move. It's just a series of horrifying, gruesome murders, all because this clown's trying to get back to its brother. It's some Final Destination shit, let's just say. Very much! Mm-hmm. Oh yes, definitely the doll- The only movement we get are the doll's eyes moving, and that's yes. it. I would like however one or two where, like, when something really big happens, the doll slumps over as if it's just falling off whatever it's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, that's a big moment. So what's the story here? Because obviously we've got our main villains. It's Chuckles and Annie. Now, so I think that since since our hotshot theater entrepreneur fucking dies... They, no, no, they, no, 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 no. Wrong, wrong guy. The creepy director he buys it from dies in the first crash. The hotshot entrepreneur is our main guy. So I think that the story is our entrepreneur and his theater troupe trying to get the dolls back together or they they kind of have to discover the history of the dolls yes so like a couple of very bad things happen so like maybe one or two of the members of the troop die unexpectedly when the clowns are around um then of course the old mystical character comes in or maybe the ghost of the crazy theater director yeah (laughs) comes to him in a dream and says you got to get the clowns back together yeah, well, going to get the bag like, back together. I feel like they know about it from the beginning. They always know this myth of, like, these two must never be separated. They will be $500 as a set. Fuck, I've only got 250 Just give me one of them. Man, that's, that's how that situation plays out. That is the only reason he doesn't buy both is because he can literally not afford it. Because he is an entrepreneur improv comedian. That $250 was his rent money. So what's the backstory? What's the backstory? Are they two, were they almost like a Laurel and Hardy-esque team in the 30s? And they would go around doing the the, uh, original improv comedy, essentially, which is kind of like those old school shows they would do. And then one day they both die in a horrible accident and they possess the dolls. They definitely toured with like some sketchy circus act across the country. Yeah, and like they're some of the only two um, early improv clowns that were ever filmed. Let's oh, just say I I love this because I want it. I I. I... <laughs> I want them to be super popular. I want them to be so big that they're starting to go beyond the s- scope of the group. The group itself are worried that they're going to leave and become bigger than them. And one day... Uh, I fuck, the, fuck our improv guy, because this is the movie at this point. One day, um, this is when they get into merchandising. And so someone brings in, essentially... What looks like a Raggedy Ann and a Raggedy Andy and shows it to them. And they're like, these are the prototypes. This is what it'll become. We're going to have these on shelves all across America promoting you two on your act. And then there's like one guy and he's he's like the leader of the circus. He's super P.T. Barnum. It's P.T. Barnum. And he's super jealous of them. And they're like two trapeze artists, and the wire snaps because he—not pro programmed, but he basically weakened the wire, so when they do their routine, they both fall and die. And that is their origin, is their spirits are put into the two prototype dolls— did you just Dick Grayson our clowns? Hold on now, forget about that. Also, they have a son. And the son's name is Dick Grayson. I know it sounds ridiculous, but hear my- me out. He meets a rich billionaire named Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and this rich billionaire adopts him, teaches him to fight crime, and he's the one that has to put his... Restless parent, clown souls to rest. Hey, bud, can we just make this a Batman fanfic? Cause that's what I want now. I want Batman and Robin. Okay, so three of the theater troupe people die, and they're like, "There's something wrongs going on." Knock, knock, knock. Who's that at the door? It's the Batman. It's the Batman and Robin. And this is Robin having to deal with the literal specters of his parents' death. And it's called the it's called Sins of the Father is the show. I I love this because it really does just set you up for one thing and then swerve you into a new direction. I think this is how we fight the Joker. <laughs> no, no Joker fight recruits them. Joker recruits these two so fast. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they want to work with the Joker. Can I propose another, another little twisty? It's not P.T. Barnum anymore that kills them. It is the fact that these are two. Ve- this is kind of like a commentary on actors and people in the entertainment industry getting political. These two acrobatic artists in the circus start to get big and they start to speak out against thomas wayne's bad business practices and thomas wayne pays a guy to weaken the wires to kill them and it is literally the sins of the father it is batman's dad literally resulting in the death of dick grayson's parents now i'm I I understand where you're coming from. Tell me how that fucking timeline works out. Tell me how Dick Grayson as a kid is paid off by Thomas Wayne, who is still alive at this point, which means that Bruce Wayne would still be a kid. No, 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 no. Hold on. Dick Grayson's gonna have to be a little bit younger. Dick Grayson's not the spry young athlete we're used to. Dick Grayson is a baby. Dick Grayson is a baby. Thomas... Or Batman is probably around 10. Thomas pays... Oh, wait a minute. Blake. What if this is the theatrical event they're leaving when Batman and Batman's parents get shot? Batman kills Dick Grayson's parents and then Batman's parents get killed. So, like... I still can't get past the fact that at the best, this is going to be 35 year old uh, fucking Bruce Wayne adopting 20, like, five or six year old.
1: Okay. Grayson?
0: We don't have to make him that old. It can be 31 year old Batman adopt he can be 11 fuck it we can play with all the timelines here 11 year, 20 or 30 year old batman adopting 19 year old dick grayson whose parents died when he was a young baby he still grew up in the circus uh he leaves it eventually because of reasons i don't know why maybe there's now, an adoption uh- situation going on now we could we could just merge some stories here change it around and instead, just kind of have a Batman Beyond situation going on. It could have a real Batman Beyond situation <laughs> happening as well. But the dolls team up with the Ding Dang Joker, and the Joker starts using their evil. But the end of the story does have to, re- like, have the two dolls reunited. And they oh, beautiful. At the end of the story, the two dolls reunite and kill the Joker. I mean This is Joaquin Phoenix Joker, by the way. I don't want to say kill the Joker, but Joker is bested. Like he, you know how many times they've killed the Joker, he'll be fine. It's like this isn't the first time, but it's like he's got he's got Batman and Robin on the ropes for the first time ever because he's using the power of these evil dolls. And then finally Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if Batman and Robin rescue Mom Doll? joker has taken dad doll and joker is using the fury of the dad doll to kill everybody and then finally like he's got the dad doll going to kill batman and robin and robin holds out mom doll and dad doll just kind of stop fuck the whole not anthropomorphic thing by the way they're totally anthropomorphic now because they're in a comic book fucking movie yep I also just love the idea of the Joker just holding this doll out in front of somebody and just having that comedic moment of this person just being like, what are you... F- it's just a doll... It's just... And then a steel eye being crushes them. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like that as well, of Joker just being like, it's not real! I've been doing this the whole time! It's my... <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking gets crushed by a giant steel beam. And then the end of it has Dick Grayson in the Bat Cave. And he puts his mom doll and dad doll under, like, a glass dome, hugging. And he says, I love you, Mom and Dad. And then walks away. And then he looks at Batman. He's like, your dad's a fucking asshole. <laughs> and that's the end of it. Night, Bruce. Night, Night, Bruce. It's okay. I understand you're not your dad, but seriously, fuck that guy, right? And then Alfred's like, fuck him indeed. Fuck him indeed, (laughs) Master Dick. I I guess it does kind of have to be walking Phoenix Joker, because that's the only version of the story that's ever been told, where... Thomas Wayne is an asshole. And all the other ones, it's just like, he was a beautiful entrepreneur who everyone loved, and this one it was finally like, what if not, though? What if he wasn't, though? What if not? What if he he was just an asshole? Yeah. Think about that. Do we have a name? Do we have a- oh, wait, that's right, Sins of the Father. Batman, Sins of the Father, a Joker doll story. (laughs) A story about some Joker dolls. Now, Gazi does bring up my uh, a good point and also my favorite thing about this show, which is I love how this went from possessed dolls named Chuckles and Anim- Annie sold to a poor young improv comedian, and then it revolved into Batman fan fiction. Fuck yeah, dude. That's the best part about a load of BS. We will never end up where we started. Welcome to the show oh my god batman sins of the father i i want this i want this comic book 2021 let's do it (laughs) yo dc baby i know we don't have the best ideas always but we got something we got something with sins of our father here hey hey dc think about it i mean couldn't be worse than what you've already been doing Is there a... Is there any, like, precedent in the Batman universe for supernatural elements? Oh, but there's plenty. What villain is, like, a spooky boy? Like, a legit... Not, like, a Mysterio where he fakes it. Like a legit spooky boy. Um, there... There are small, like, Batman villains. Like, none of the big ones, really. But, like, there is that dude that can just influence time because he spent, because he w- was basically driven crazy by standing around clocks for a long time. I mean, between that and Mr. Mixleplick or whatever the fuck, I mean, DC's got, got yeah. enough oh, that this- DC's got their own, um, like, oh, fuck, what's his name? It, it, basically their own Doctor Strange. <laughs> Fucking Gossy! i broke him halfway he goes i need to start emailing links to these shows to movie companies batman's fought vampires scotty (laughs) like i broke him he had a fun fun goof and then he was like no he fought a fucking vampire fuck you i remember that. I know it's Moon Knight, but my favorite comic book of all time, or comic book quote of all time, is still alright, Dracula, you big fucking nerd, where's my money? (laughs) Oh, but you know where our money is, Blake? Uh, It's not with DC. I guess it's at the Shield Station. Ding ding! (laughs) Uh, oh, that felt weird. That felt weird me doing the ding ding. I feel, I feel nasty. Well, alright, you can redeem yourself by watching that, by telling all of our great listeners how they can support a load of BS. You can do it by going to patreon.com slash a load of BS. It is an amazing Website, you get access to our Discord. Actually, you get admin access. I'm changing it so everyone can join the Discord now. It's Black Friday, not anymore. It was last week though. Everyone has access to our Discord, but you also get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like the podcast Radish, Associates Anonymous, my mom and dad, Salty Frank, Gazi. We've got tons of support pouring in, but. Here's the big thing. This is my new favorite thing about Patreon. It's about to become BS Netflix. Because you get this. You get your free shit. But then we've got some exclusive shows coming to Patreon. We're gonna have a wrestling history show. We're gonna have a show where Jim Murphy and I, we talk about new theme park rides and our favorite stuff. And most importantly, Blake, there's a show that's already on there. And it is known As you paid for this. Tell them about it, Blakey T. We watch a movie every week and record our stupid, dumb voices It's not every week, dude. Do not say. Every month. No, uh, there's no way we could do that every week. We do it monthly. We watch a horrible movie, usually. This month, we watched a great movie, though. Yeah, and uh, it actually came out yesterday. So if you go donate right now, you can get access... To our commentary track for hit Ben Stiller Fat Kid film Heavyweights, which actually turned out I didn't think we could make a good movie funny. I'm like, it's already good. What can we What kind of spice could we add to it? But I listened back to the track. It's real fucking good. And you can get access to it at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Oh fuck. Gazi in chat. He just goes fucking try and dethrone me, bitch. I'll donate $50 a month, fucker. So, guys... Oh, shit. Get someone on this. Guys, I need y'all to donate. I need y'all to donate and dethrone Gazi so Gazi starts donating more money at patreon.com slash BS. But, Blake, um... I don't know if you've noticed, but something about me just seems more... more attractive. I feel like I've got more confidence, more, more spice in my life. I feel like everybody out there... Really loves me now. And I, I don't know. What, what could that be? Is it cause that hat you're wearing? It's the hat <laughs> I'm wearing! <laughs> The drinking whiskey recording podcast snapback that you can get at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. In addition to snapbacks for opposite attractions and Fight Boys, we also got shirts for all the shows on the network other than Deviant. Deviant doesn't have one yet, but Deviant technically hasn't come out yet, so that does not count. But also, we got posters, we've got jackets, and most importantly, Blake, what else do we have? <gasps> we got cups we got cups they are awesome little stemless wine glasses that you can use to be your own little bs boozy sippy cup you can put whatever drinks you want it blake you can keep making that s noise but i'm gonna cut it i have access to your audio file i'm gonna cut the cups Oh, but of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you want access to any of that, you can get it at merch.loadofpurebs.com. And while I got you here, remember to support the show. I know we don't usually say it, but just leave us a review on iTunes, on Podchaser, wherever you're at. Just go and leave us a five-star review. Go type out some fun stuff about how much you love a load of BS, and it would help enormously. So thank you for all your support. We love you. Now back to the dumb shit. The year was 1969. The U.S. was a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead, on the very moon they were aiming for, Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the space marines come into play. And let me tell you something. I'm one of the best. The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest space marine and the man who's come to save your asses. Really? Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke? Hop aboard and fly with us into the stars every other Sunday on this Deviant. Blake Tanner, here's the thing. If in the shill station, we brought up a little film, a little film we watched recently known as heavyweights, a great, great Ben Stiller fat kid comedy. But as we watched it, we realized like there are bits of it that are kind of outdated. There's stuff of it that doesn't seem that modern anymore. So we need to update heavyweights. We need to make new heavyweights for everybody out there. Okay, so we're just gonna make that new that new Fat Camp Thriller, huh? Yes. Also, my nickname in high school was the Fat Camp Thriller, so we can't call it that. All right, I, no. you're gonna have to take point on this one because, as as you said, you. You got more experience with this than I do. With being the fat camp thriller? Well, I will say, I feel like I stumbled on an idea while we were watching it, but of course we were watching a film, we couldn't explore it as much as we wanted to. And it's the concept that in my new version, it is going to be a horror thriller... And it is about Ben Stiller as an evil clown boy who feeds off of fat kids losing weight. It is Ben Stiller as a horrible Pennywise-esque creature who eats fat. So... We're just kind of going hard in the clowns, huh? It's This is a clown one. We're doing another clown one this week. This is, this is really... This is hard in the face paint. That's it. I do want to do a, something a little bit different because in the original Heavyweights, they only spend a day at the camp before it's taken over by Ben Stiller. I want the opening of it to have... A happy-go-lucky, fun-at-camp situation. So we do have, like, the fun romantic subplots and, like, the kids getting together. And it's real fun and funny and light and airy. And then, like, 30 minutes in, Mm -hmm. fucking Ben Stiller shows up. And at at the beginning, he seems fine. But I do want there to be—because in the movie— Ben Stiller does not seem that bad of a guy until like the last 30 minutes, until he has his meltdown. He just kind of seems like a guy who wants to get his weight loss program started. I want there to be ominous moments throughout this whole thing of like the bus pulls into the camp and you see the camp sign and you just see footsteps behind them and then they just stop. And then they start doing squats. <laughs> and then they do some squats. And then they walk in. And that's when you're like, oh no, there's something eerie going on here. And there's small eerie things throughout the whole thing about Ben Stiller's character. Mm. So when when the character act when a character actually does disappear, say in normal heavyweights, that guy's gone, huh? It's not that he's gone. There is gonna be A real bad reveal scene that I'm kind of, I would dread to watch in theaters, and it is them hooked up to a liposuction machine. Oh, God. And Ben, almost like a cow hooked up to a milker, and Ben Stiller is just sucking the fat out the kid until they walk in to his cabin, and it is shriveled husks of the children that have been taken throughout the film. Like, don't, don't fucking wimp out on me right now. This is a horror movie we're making. We gotta keep it creepy. It's like... <laughs> we gotta keep it Ben Stiller drinks children's fat for sustenance. This is something only Stephen King could write. But, but he will. That's the next thing that's coming out. It's the shining and then the fattening. And that's what that one is. Do you think there's almost like... Do you think the old camp counselors are in on it? So, you know, the beginning of heavyweights, when they first get there, it they, they can bring in all their candy and no one gets mad at them. They, they don't really do any exercise. And it's kind of a fattening routine they do. Do you think it's like, first half of the year, fatten them up? That way there's more num-num fat for Ben Stiller to feed on in the second half. I think that... Maybe the reason that this camp hasn't been closed down yet because of the gruesome number of child abductions... Yes! ...is because he does do this, but he's able to, like, make everyone think that they've dreamed they've had a great experience at fat camp, and he sends them off as, like, these husky wastes of what they once were because every time he sucks that fat, he sucks a little bit of the soul out of the boy. What it could be is they could both be... Um, not body snatchers, but shapeshifters. And beginning of the camp, it's just it's a guy, then Ben Stiller takes over, and then at the end of the camp, they're like, No, you're out of here, you're gone. And then someone comes out and they're like, Oh no, 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 I'll take over from here. The camp's gonna be amazing now, with me in charge of these kids. And then the process just keeps looping. And it's and two of face. them. Yeah, like slowly contorts back into Ben stillers And it also, it's two of them. There's the one that fattens them up, the one that eats them. Then the next year, it swaps. Uh, so it's really like, boom! You got one year, great, great fat loss on these kids. You got some real super like fit kids. Bring in an even bigger crop next year. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you did the big fat... You did the fat this year, and I'm real proud of you, Janice. It's like Janice and Edward are their names. And they, they're the fat-sucking aliens. Edward is totally the name of that character. It is definitely Edward. That one I know. Um, By the way, Twilight. So much better if instead of blood, Bella's just like, what's What's wrong with you? I can smell your fat. It's so good. It's that real potent shit. It's like it's like the chewy bits of bacon. Oh, fuck! Your fat smells so good. It's like oh, I can just fry it up and get it real crispy. I could fry fi- I could fry that up and oh, make it into a juicy paste. What? There's fat paste? Yeah, that's what you. I said. Is there a scene that gets real gruesome where Edward just pops a? F- she pulls out a George Foreman grill. Just mashes it right up against, right up against someone's torso. It's like, I gotta get it crispy. Yeah, oh, that, that definitely fucking happens. Are you kidding me? I will say, if, if this film needs to exist in like, exist in the bubble of, like, it's all over at the end of the film. If we want to make it standalone. At some point, the other alien has to come in and be like, it's okay, kids. It's all good. I've got you. And then they start eating them, too. And that's when they're like, oh, that's a big twist reveal. It's when they're like, oh, no, they both were the bad things. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, you have one who's secretly plotting against her brother, let's say, the whole time. Like, she's the one that pulls the kids out teaches them how to like actually kill our main dude our big evil yeah yeah. yeah. and then like after after it happens she takes that away she takes this super alien killing knife away she's like don't worry it's fine and then that's when she rises up and picks him off of the ground and is like we're in it together bro <laughs> so, okay, nice. I do want this one scene. And it's the scene at the end of Heavyweights where Ben Stiller starts going crazy and starts like attacking people. That is the it spider transformation. He turns into a giant fat sucking spider and the the adults are there now and they're throwing plates and glass on the ground and he's walking through it and the glass shards are getting caught in his like legs and he's using it to gash people open and it's horrifying. And this is the scene where all the parents die. The parents do have to die. Not all of them, but I mean like there's a fair bit of death in this. Mm -hmm. A lot of dad death So what's the backstory? What's the alien backstory? I guess they had to have arrived at Earth In the lake, maybe Cloverfield style? Yeah, so what happened is Their home planet Is experiencing just a major famine So they've been They've been sent out To collect From the chattel of humanity The sweetest meat Well, what it could be Is almost like our lakes on Earth, and I assume on Mars as well consists of water of h2o that is what the uh, individuals that have evolved on those worlds feed off of they have lakes of just pure oil, pure fat and that is what they it, consist of drinking and that is like their water on their planet. Is it bad that the most disgusting thing that's happened in that pitch is the words that just came out of your mouth? <laughs> I can see it, though. I can see it. Um, Because this is... I I am imagining our red planet, our closest neighbor in the stellar nursery that we live in, as just a giant pimple now. No, it's got... Not like that. It's like a lovely olive oil. It's real good. It's real tasty. It's got garlic plant growing in it to really flavor it nice. Oh, God. I'm trying to think... Of like where else we can go? Because I did, I did kind of. We've kind of just extrapolated the the heavyweights, except it's it situation. I'm trying to find something that'll set us apart. Because if we put this out in theaters, Blake, people are just gonna say it's heavyweights plus it, and that's it. We need to put something that sets us apart. What's it gonna be? Also, at the end. To to kill the monsters, they all start doing rapid fire push-ups. They just start all and he's like, no, the fat! I can't with the fat! Yeah. Um, maybe, we've gotta have, oh, I know. Yeah. You know how at the end of Heavyweights, they beat the fit camp that's across the lake? At the end of our movie, the fit camp is the one that comes in to save them. Oh shit, that's good. Like they bust them in at the very end, and you got all these meathead jocks. It's like, all right, we're gonna beat some alien ass. Then we're gonna eat some alien ass. What if they're blind? What? what if they're blind and they can only sense fat? And that's how they get around, is they smell the fat and they go towards the fat and when those jocks come in at that fucking five percent body fat, fucking shredded, they're like the the scene where Arnold puts the mud on them in Predator. That's uh, they're just like I can't fucking see them, and then that's when they just start getting it and attacking them. Yeah, and it throws them off so bad because I like to think that the aliens are super strong. Yeah. But once they're in disarray, they can be taken down by normal conventional weaponry. What if... So one of them's just gonna have a gun. One does have a gun. What if it's this? What if it's one fat kid that they got thought got taken at the very beginning of the film? No, he escaped at the very last minute, ran off into the woods, and has been sustaining off of nuts and berries for months, and has just been getting jacked as shit, and he returns. He leaves as, like um Dustin from Stranger Things it's just like a little tiny fat kid running around when he comes back Arnold Schwarzenegger and just fucking mows him down oh Arnold needs to be the fit camp leader though right it that also um Blake I have just described Neville Longbottom as that character, so it is just gotta be Neville Longbottom. A tiny, fat kid comes back hot as shit and just wrecks shop with it. Yep, that's it. And he has a sword. He does have a sword that he- No, no, no! It has to be Ewok-style. He's gotta be Mad Ewok-style. So he's carved weaponry in the woods out of all of the tree branches and shit, and is just, like, getting at these spiders. So this is how Neville Longbottom goes Rambo. Yes. I love it. Okay, so that is the big twist, and I'm gonna say he returns and takes out one of them. There has to be some big thing that happens, like either a big sacrifice or something to get the main spider down, the big, powerful spider. Yeah, I think... Maybe that's where you have Arnold come in. Like, at the last minute i i know you said he needs to lead the fit camp i'd prefer if it wasn't addressed that arnold schwarzenegger was in this film and then just all of a sudden fucking deus ex schwarzenegger pumps in with two machine guns and just levels him <laughs> he just knocks him down but heroically sacrificing himself he just runs forward, is like, Aah! and leaps into its gaping maw, and then you see bullet holes as he's shooting the in- th- from the inside, killing it instantly. <laughs> that is how you make a fucking movie. We've made a dumb fucking movie tonight. We've made a dumb movie and a dumber Batman fan fiction, but I will say before we move on, what's the name of this one? It's no longer heavyweights. It can't be heavyweights anymore. No, it's got a... Hmm. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think about a good play on the words fat camp. Could it be fat, and it's just fat, but there's a little dot above the A, and it's stylized to make it read as either fat or fit? It's Ah. called fat or fit. That's it. Or fat or Famine. Can it just be, like, the- can it just be fat with an umlaut over it? I think that's just it. (laughs) It's just called fat. It's called fat boys. It's fout. Fout. Alright, so we've made fout, and we've made Batman Sins of the Father. I'd love if we put this on a Twitter poll and was like, which one of these is a real thing that exists? Batman Sins of the Father sounds like a real fucking thing that exists. Oh, that is very- I- I wouldn't be surprised if there's not something named Batman Sins of the Father, actually. I- As you Google, I guarantee you're gonna get, like, 50 different fucking fanfics.net entries of Batman Sins of the Father. I think one of the episodes of the Batman Telltale game is named Sins of the Father. See? I told you! It's already instantly there, but for now, Blake Tanner- We've had a lovely time. I'm super grateful for this time. But what I want to be grateful for is what was awesome this week! Man, decorating for that good, good Christmas time. Oh, dude, I didn't get to this year. I was at work. I just came home and a tree was up and was I got a- real sad. Because I, you know, first first Christmas in the new apartment. Uh, first Christmas on my own, basically. So I just went out and I'm like you know what, I'm going to buy a little fucking tree. And I bought a tree. I bought some little ornaments for my little tree. And I'm like, oh, I've got to get a fucking... I've got to get a good tree topper. What's this... And I was looking through it, it's like stars, angels, that's fine. And then my eyes cast over to a, a small corner. He's so good. Actually, where... Fucking love I see this. something that doesn't even look like it's in a box. It, it's just not a... It's not anything at all. And it's this tiny little abomination of a white owl. I love this boy so much. I'm gonna put a picture on YouTube for the people to see, cause I love this please, fucking little nasty owl you got. Please do. I, I immediately, I fell in love with it. It has been whispering eldritch secrets to me at night, which I'm pretty happy for. It's got, it's taught me a lot. I also love, you sent me a picture of it, and then just like a slow zoom on its face, and I don't know why, but I was just like, his name is David. That's David. David the Christmas owl. (laughs) That's because it told you. (laughs) David let me know. He was like, Hello, human. My name is David the Christmas owl. I bring you good tidings. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but owl as a tree topper is like a new thing. Because we got in a shit ton of, like, owls to go on top of trees. And I don't know why. I don't know, man. I'm all all in it for that Harry Potter shit. And the fact that it's just... A buck wild idea to put an owl on top of your Christmas tree to me. I don't... Is it? know. I guess it is Harry Potter. It has to be fully Harry Potter. That is the only thing I can think of that would cause David to come into existence. Which is weird because Harry Potter's been over for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> well, my thing that's awesome is having a good, good hobby. Because I realized in the past week... I've accidentally gotten a new hobby, and it's whiskey making. I thought it was going to be a one-off. I thought it was going to be old Scotty Moe made him some whiskey, and it went to Dragon Con, and that was it. Then everyone loved it, and I was like, oh, fuck, I got to keep going, I guess. And so then I ended up... uh, So my my moonshine connection, which um, apparently distilling your own moonshine is illegal, so... Not going to drop any names there, but my moonshine connection. Um, I brought him some whiskey at Thanksgiving that I had made, and he just... I don't talk to him a lot. Like, I'm not that close to him. I get it, like, through my dad who talks to him, who talks to whoever he gets it from, and then brings it to me. He took a sip of it, took a pause looks at me and just extends a hand like Paul Hollywood on the Great British Bake Off and was just like very very good shit right here this is good shit and then like they went home and then he sent me pictures of like him and my aunt just sipping this whiskey over and over (laughs) he was like it's been an hour and we're only on shot three I'm like fuck yeah dude it's like, that's a whiskey you can savor. It's really good. Like, I, I got into... Uh, it, it's a YouTube channel called The Whiskey Tribe. that I, I saw them through Modern Rogue, and then I started watching their shit, and then I got out of it when I was like, I don't think I want to drink as much. Well, I ended up actually uh, going back to watching their stuff, and God, it's so good, because it's teaching, like, how to properly nose a whiskey, how to properly sip it, how to age it properly. And I... I, the first bottle of BS Moon Whiskey went relatively fast and with little fanfare. It was, take it down! Vin Diesel, fuck it up! This one I'm actually, <laughs> like, taking and sipping and nosing and making notes for it. And I'm like, wow, there's actually cherry in this. I haven't ever tasted cherry before. Ooh, a little bit of vanilla. Ooh, is that caramel? Oh, I've never had butterscotch in this one. It's just layering it out. It is so fucking choice. I cannot wait till we have a, a hang session. I can bring you a few sips, because it is great. I down with that. I need to try this new, new whiskey. But in addition to that, I have another new hobby, and it's an old new hobby because I did do it in senior year of college, then gave up when I wasn't that good at it. And I do feel like this is the only reason why I kept doing whiskey was I was good at it, but I'm going to start making vape juice again your boy is ordered a kit to produce vape juice and i'm gonna start making my own e-juices again and hopefully it turns out well there's a little bit in the back of my head that's like maybe we can start selling bs vape juice because i know i cannot afford right now to own a distillery but i can make vape juice very easily the juice is juice is easy that's where the real money is the juice is loose baby it's very very good so yeah having hobbies is really really awesome for me this week because like i even ordered new uh like i've got a spiced bourbon aging right now that's gonna be very very good for christmas um i got some stuff to make an irish whiskey some stuff to make uh just like a maker's mark bourbon it's all gonna be really really good and i'm super excited i also i'm gonna have to start buying moonshine because apparently they are running low on supplies (laughs) Oh man, you're their chief, you're their chief buyer now. <laughs> but until next time, Blakey e. T, where could people find you? On the motherfucking internet! You can find me at Blakey Tanner on the Twitter, you can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube, you can find me here doing all of these horrible, stupid ideas on the VS Network. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, and right now, Go to iTunes and look up Deviant, A Space Pirate Story. It is the brand new audio drama from the BS Network. Blake's gonna be in it. I'm in it. It's a really great show. We're excited to see how you guys like it. The trailers dropped. It probably played earlier in this episode, and I really love it. Like I cannot wait for this to get out, because it has slowly grown before my eyes from a silly little comedy to... Oh shit, these characters have lives and have like inner life and it's really really fucking interesting.
1: How do you check f- it out?
0: How do you feel? I mean, I know you read only your bits of the first script, but I mean like well written, what would you say? Oh, I enjoyed it. It was very fun reading for the parts. But, I hope I get them. <laughs> yeah, but you can find that not only on iTunes, not only on Podchase or Google Podcasts. You can also find it at a load of ladies and gentlemen. In addition to the shows, opposite attractions, fight boys, they're all there for you to check out at a load of dot Special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song "Rick Flair" off of their album "Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes." Tom lost his car this week. It's very sad. What? I didn't see this. It was uh It was total hit and run. Go buy his fuck- Everyone's okay, but go go give Tom money for a new car. Yeah, go buy his albums, buy shirts, whatever you can do to help Tom right now in these tough times. And if you want to help us, you always can at patreon.com slash a load of BS or merch.a load of pure And like I said earlier, in addition to that, if you don't have any money, if you've already left the five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen, just tell a friend, tell somebody that you know, that you love, that you think would respect and love what we're doing here to check out a load of BS. So make sure to do that. And until next time, remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no substitutes, and we will see you next week.